This episode, this special bonus episode of Peak Too Early, dropping you on a Saturday from the Stoke Performance House. We are in the midst of the Fasters, the David Goggins 4x4x48 challenge that we're all challenging each other to run, but seeing who can do it faster. So we are recording this on Thursday night before our first leg, which kicks off at midnight tonight. And this episode and the Fasters is brought to you by Bell Lap Track and Field Gear. Bell Lap is the company that helps professional athletes sell their gear so the pro athletes can get a couple extra bucks in their pocket and you all can get the awesome gear that's only available to professional athletes. Keep on this is Peak Keep Too Early, presented by SAV Racing, featuring Mike Gendron, Trent Fontanella, and Steve Gendron. Are we sure about that? Are we definitely recording? We're definitely recording. I feel like he hesitated there. No, we're recording. So hey everybody, welcome back to the greatest running podcast in the world, Peak Too Early, and we're coming to you for the second time tonight. So we just recorded this episode we found out that it wasn't, in fact, recording. <laughs> so we are re-recording this. And I just want to say this. Let's get all of our mistakes out of the way right now because we're kicking off the fasters. We got to get our mistakes out of the way. You know, what, what, do they say about, uh, what do they say about golf is you always want to hit your second shot first. So this is our second shot. We're hitting our second shot first. We had 45 minutes of content that, that just went out into the world. So that never happened. This is going to be a better. This is going to be a better recording. Don't you guys think? In a past life, Steve, I started a podcast when I talked about how good I felt and how upbeat <laughs> I was. That's not what I'm coming with you today. I feel pretty shitty. Not only did I not hit the record button on this episode, but I also took like an hour's worth of video of us moving into the house, all this great stuff that <clears throat> also has no audio. So I was in a great place and now I am, and you guys were all like bummed out and kind of like feeling anxious and I was over here feeling great and now it feels like the tides have turned. <laughs> Mike was over here talking about how it felt like Christmas Eve and he I was did. excited. He just I wanted said those the exact next day to words. come. <laughs> Craziness. <laughs> I tell you what though. I feel attacked right now. I feel just like everybody is against me. We got Steve over here and Aaron, his wife, dropping Smirnoff ice. Oh, we'll on get me. into that. We'll get into we that. Got, we got me saying, maybe I'll take a nap before the first leg. And then Mike conveniently forgetting to record the episode. So now there's no nap time for the first leg. After he said he was a night owl and was definitely not going <laughs> to sleep before the first one, I feel like the people are against me. I'm not phased by it. It's not going to slow me down, but I want it to be on record. That the attacks that I'm going through right now. I, I would like to be diabolical enough to not record it on purpose. I would like to be that diabolical. I just, I'm not. If I was that diabolical, what I would have done is recorded it, pretended like I didn't record it, and then dropped that 
dropped them together i, I would drop, make this all one big episode if i was at diabolical so it's actually hilarious right hilarious right now watching mike because mike is saying one word into the microphone and then instantly looking down at the recorder yeah. to make sure that is recording so mike don't worry about it the, the <clears> last <throat> episode wasn't that good we're past it but i will say this this just speaks to the fact that we're on this crazy journey, but we're bringing you guys along for the ride. We are. This is just as much as like a content creation for the two crew as it is an endurance challenge for us. So there's other media organizations that do the four by four by forty eight, and they might take a couple pictures. They might post it on their Instagram. Mm-hmm. You mm-hmm. guys are doing it with us. Like this is this is a true two crew effort. We're bringing you along for a ride. All the craziness that is the fasters. You're not going to see the pretty stuff. It's not going to be glorious and fun you're gonna see all the down and dirty the you know the bad times the good times the ugly times i mean you're gonna see it all but i almost feel like there's more pressure on that than there for is sure the actual for sure 100 like when we when we had the uh the mileage challenge last year you know i was holed up in my you know little apartment the world was not ready for the person i had become that week <laughs> this time around we're gonna be you know joining the confessional room i'm having to, have to work through the emotions and the feelings that i have <laughs> that i normally just suppress this time i'll be sharing them with the people not so easy for me so uh i mean it's going to be a hell of a weekend with the stuff that's coming out of here, I hope. I, I do think the content creation game adds a whole other element to it, right? Because we always got to be on. We always got to be doing things. You always got to be thinking about, like, where can you get your contacts, your next uh, content out? But, and we kind of joked about this earlier, I'm trying to record as much as I possibly can. So, I think for the Apparently three of us. Apparently not, Mike. Well, <laughs> not what happened earlier. God damn it. I'm trying. I said, I'm trying to record as much as I can. And I think for the three of us, that's totally fine. But we're not the only people in this house. And I got camera set up everywhere. You know, we got live stream. We got, you know, reality TV going on in this apartment. So it creates quite an interesting, you know, dynamic that we have going on in this house. Yeah. So speaking to that, so we, so my wife and I got here first. We came, we started setting up the house. Mike was here shortly after me. And so we're, you know, like we said, we're recording content. We got the, the real world house setup going on. So we want to get, we want to get every second of the action. And so Mike comes in the house and we're trying to get like the intro into the house and like, you know, searching for the bedrooms and everything. And so he walks in and as a joke, he runs over to the fridge, grabs a beer takes a couple sips and it intended to be a joke right and intended to be you know something for the camera and we're recording content you know we're doing the confessional he continues like to get the joke going next thing you know he's drank the whole beer so he came in the house he has he mike's already one beer deep before the contest even starts and then a couple hours later trent comes late as expected and him and his girlfriend, Megan, come in the house and, you know, they come in, we get the video going, we welcome, hugs, handshakes, you know, high fives, whatever. Trent goes over to the refrigerator, start putting his stuff in the refrigerator, throw stuff in the freezer. And all of a sudden he pulls out a smearing off ice from the freezer and be like, who the hell iced me? And I was just as shocked as Trent was. I was like, it wasn't me. Looked at Mike. He's like, it definitely wasn't wasn't me. And my wife, who's upstairs lying down resting because she's going to try to do part of the challenge with us and she's you know it's late at night i go up there and i go did you just ice trent and she laughs she goes yeah (laughs) and so and so mike's a beer deep 
Trent is is chugging a Smirnoff ice before this even goes. I mean, uh, I think right off the bat, I think I, I have the advantage. I, I haven't, I'm the only one that's that's completely sober right now. I mean, after the recording issue, I feel like I need another beer because I was attributed that to my relaxed attitude. So, but when you guys go to bed later, I might have to sneak another another Miller Lite, get that in there. Aaron snuck up on me when you guys you know denied it being you and i trusted you you guys seemed like you were being honest when you said it wasn't you i was like man the last person here must have left the smirnoff ice in the freezer that was what i was thinking around an airbnb i figured the last person who checked out of here left a couple of smirnoff ices around that was kind of clever of them uh little do i know aaron's up there just scheming on how to make this even more miserable for us she was on the podcast this week talking about how crazy this was already and pushing people in wheelchairs and now she's out there dropping smirnoff ices around everywhere so i don't so, know what to think and, and i will say i think if it was one of the two of us that planted the smirnoff ice i think that that's foul play right 100 you can't be forcing putting people in a position in a, in a competition like this where they have to be drinking but aaron doing it is fair game and and i think you kind of have to do it. Like you were put in a position where you had to do it. It wasn't foul play because Steve and I weren't up to it. And you know, credit to you, you you ponied up and and you got it done. Steve on the on the first edition of this podcast, Steve had said, "Hey, you know, you can watch the recording. You can listen to me say, Trent, you don't need to drink oh, that." But apparently, that was never recorded. So I don't know if Steve <laughs> ever actually said that. The way I remember it was Steve was like, "Get on one knee. You got to chuck made, that." This I, I think Steve made the rule right now where if anybody gets ice during this competition over the next forty-eight hours, we all have to do it. So you're accusing me of not saying you didn't have to drink it. Now I'm going to accuse Mike of sabotage of purposely not of purposely destroying the footage so it couldn't be proven that i said you didn't have to drink it it seems like a worthwhile cause a lot of mind games going on but the scariest part of this whole thing is that there's you know five sixths of a six pack somewhere hidden in this house and we're all susceptible to getting hit by it at any moment correct so that that's the real scary part is that uh i did not know my wife was going to be up to this hijinks but apparently she had other plans so that's that's something to think about i'm afraid to like go in my bag for my next pair of running shorts at this point (laughs) i'm just gonna have to wear what i'm wearing everyone's gonna be on edge yeah oh man but anyways mike was talking about how he's like a kid on christmas morning um i was talking about how i am quietly freaking out it is truly the calm before the storm right now i mean we are recording for the second time and it's almost 10 o'clock and this kicks off in two hours we are about to start (laughs) (laughs) we are about to be up for two straight nights doing this stupid mileage challenge in about two hours i cannot believe we are doing this right now i think this works out that we're recording a second time because the first time you know, you had three hours. It felt like you had, I could get yeah. a big, long nap in before then and we, when we had to start running. Now I, I do have a butterfly in my stomach when you just said that it's 10 o'clock. It was like, damn, it, it, it's it, here. It is go time. Yeah, like, it, is, time. it is happening. It is happening. So, and, it, and, I, and, I, and, I, and I mentioned it in the last podcast, but... You know, when I came, when I kind of threw out this idea two months ago, that was a problem for future Steve, right? And in two hours future steve turns into present steve and it isn't a problem that i've kind of made peace with the fact that i'm going to have to face in two hours and it is it is scary so where where are you at because when we started recording you know like three hours ago um you two were not feeling so hot it seems like through talking through everything you seem like you're feeling a little bit better about everything is that 
Is that true, or are you just putting on a happy face at this point? I'm definitely feeling better after talking through some stuff, but I will say this. This this next 48 hours is going to be a roller coaster of emotions, so I might be feeling good right now. In two hours, I could be at my lowest point to date, so well, it is going to be a roller coaster. Over the and, that, and that was my point. That's why I was feeling good was because I don't, just because the running starts tonight, I mean... In two hours, we're going for a four-mile run, right? I mean, like, yes, we're starting this challenge. We're running at midnight, but we're going for a four-mile run. It's not until, like, you know, the next leg is a 4 a.m. run, so that adds some element of of sleep deprivation. And then we have, like, 10 more legs to go. So this, like, anxiety about the, the really horrible stuff we're about to see it's not, we're not there yet. It's just the very tip. So I'm just trying to view this as in two hours, we're going for a four mile run. This is a a classic runner technique of playing these crazy mind games with yourself. When you have a massive workout on the track that has maybe a couple thousands at first, and then you got to do, you know, repeat, repeat 800. So your legs fall off. You're just like, Oh, I got to do a couple thousands. I can do a couple thousands. And that's all you think about. That's where Mike is right now, which I respect. I mean, we've all been there where you turn a workout into like this easy mind game to get through it but well i gave the analogy of the the marathon on the last one the first 10 miles of marathon do you not do you not think that the first 10 miles of marathon are fun they're always fun yeah, they're fun yeah. the energy is high everyone's excited to be there you've been training for it you know you, you know you got a long way to go so you're running a little bit slower the first 10 miles are fun it's you know the second half of the marathon that makes a marathon a marathon so that's that's what i think we're working with today Mike, remember when we were running Boston two years ago and in the first at the gun goes off and we're running and I'm all jacked up. I'm like pumping up the crowd and I run over to give the guy a high five and that one guy just fucking screamed yeah, at me. I do. <laughs> yeah, he wasn't he wasn't happy about that. So I think I think I'm constantly going between like wanting to run over and give the crowd a high five and scream at you guys. So True. that's like that's all right. So yes, yeah, so it does feel like to be gonna marathon, but you could look at that from multiple perspectives. And as we talked about on the last podcast. I am actually very confident in my ability to run the 48 48 miles. It will be the sleep deprivation. It will be the come back from a run, kick off your shoes, take off your sweaty clothes, collapse in bed, fall asleep instantly because you're exhausted, and then your alarm goes off in like two and a half hours, and then you've got to get out of bed because everybody knows how painful that like not enough sleep. You're in a deep sleep, but then getting waken up out of that deep sleep and having to get out of bed and go for a run. That is one of the most painful things in the world. And we are going to experience that several, uh, more than several times, many times over the next 48 hours. It, it's gonna be like a full 12 times basically. Cause I think even in the middle of the day, because you've been so sleep deprived, you're going to be thinking what kind of naps can I get in between now and then? So it's going to be like 11 times. Yeah, and there's not many times to break because we're going to have to be recording content in between. So, listen, I, you know, we, we went into depth and we don't need to do that here. But I am much more scared of the running portion of this. I think the 48 miles is clearly the intimidating part to me. I live in a, a, a cycle where I go to bed way too late. I wake up way too early. So, I, you know never get enough sleep um you know mom dad i know you're listening listen i get it i need to sleep more you guys you know you need your beauty sleep and i get it i understand that you guys are responsible adults and that that makes sense but i do think that that is where my advantage is now you know the the running portion that might be my disadvantage and that is that still plays a pretty big role in this whole thing i would say (laughs) well the, the people have spoken 
and the people okay. think they're running this advantage right. is going to play a big role. We don't, we don't have more to talk about until right. we start talking Mike, about can, that can or what? Can you destroy the recording again? Yeah. So what Trent is referring to is our friends over at Bell Lab Track and Field Gear. They, they're the sponsors of the Fasters. So every thousand followers they get on Instagram, they do a giveaway, like a gear giveaway. And the Fasters just happens to coincide almost perfectly with their 20,000 follower giveaway. So their 20,000 follower giveaway, what they're doing is if you went on their Instagram and you commented who was going to win and the time that they were going to win, uh, what, what the combined time they were going to be closest without going over, they were going to win this awesome one-of-a-kind Brooks singlet. So it's a Brooks Elite singlet. It's like the same one that the Beast wear, but instead of a Beast logo, it's got the Peak Too Early logo on it. It's so sick. But anyways, they compiled the stats of who people picked and the times they run. 75% of you picked Trent to win, 15% picked me to win, 10% picked Mike to win. So that's what that is. The people love a good underdog story. That's all I'm saying. Well, I, we also said this on the last podcast that if you're a gambler, you know if you're in Mike, me and Mike's shoes, this is exactly what you want to see. When 75% of the money is rolling in on one side, you stay clear of that with, with everything. You stay clear of it. So the fact that 75% of the picks are rolling in on Trent makes it, it all the smart money is on me and Mike right Yeah, the sharps, the sharps are big time targeting us. Sometimes the favorite is the favorite for a reason, gentlemen. And this is absolutely one of those times. I got to be honest. I mean, I'm, I don't lack confidence, but I didn't know. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> no, I don't. But you never know what's going to happen with one of these with one of these events, right? There's a lot of factors in play. There's the sleep, there's the nutrition, there's the miles, there's the injuries, all that kind well, of stuff. You also have the IT band of an 85-year-old, yeah. you know. My biggest veteran. concern for me is just like my body not blowing up on me as I try to get through like the third leg of this thing. But if it holds up, I'll be okay. But no, I didn't know what to expect going in. So it really, I think anything could happen. I still believe that. But when I see the people just speak up like that and just kind of give me some real clear knowledge, I mean, my confidence level is through the roof right now. I didn't need that spike from the listeners of the pod, from the Bell Lab followers, but getting it from them knowing that they believe in me just i'm just not gonna be able to let them down i just can't do it listen i made a bold statement on the last on the the hidden recording the missing recording here the one that i pretended like i didn't record and i want a dedicated 10 percent of the people i don't want your wishy-washy bandwagon fans i want a dedicated 10 percent of the people and that's what i have that those are the mic stands. Those are the people showing up for me, and that's that's the people I want to listen. I I got a voicemail earlier this week from a person that will not be named, but you know who you are. And the contents of that voicemail is exactly the type of stuff I'm talking about. The people who believe in the the, the mic camp. They're, they're diehards, Trent. Not your 75% of your people who are wishy-washy, who are going to be probably rooting for Steve in 24 hours. That, those, those aren't the fans I want. 
I can't believe you're just calling out 75% of the people that participated in the Bell Lap Peak Too Early combined damn giveaway there. That's a lot of Peak Too Early listeners. That's a lot yeah. of Bell uh-huh. Lap fans. And you are just throwing them under the bus as wishy-washy fans. You're calling them like LeBron fans or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I mean, Yeah, that, that's, because, that's because when I'm winning this competition later on, they're, they're going to be rooting for me, not you. Am I the only one that cares about the two crew out there? Like, almost all the two crew is behind me and giving me some real support. And you're just dismissing them out, out of, for no reason. If they're going for you, it brings in a lot of questions about the two crew. I just can't wait to have my Rodney Harrison <laughs> speech. Can't none of you believed in me? Nobody gave you a chance. Look at me now. I'm the champion. I'm wearing the purple jacket. So yeah, two crew, go ahead. Get on the Trent bandwagon. Get on the Trent bandwagon. But I got, I got the, I got the my 15% is strong. Team Steve is is strong so i'm not worried about it so thank you everybody that voted for me yeah and, team uh, steve at least as the guy with like the second one like if you want to stay away from the fastest horse in the race that has you know the worst odds you go to the second one right the second favorite who could potentially win fastest team team mike over here is just like the token oh nobody picked that guy okay so we, like, just, we just we just start spent the first half of this podcast talking about how this is this is much more of like a mental challenge than it is a physical challenge who won the mental challenge last year trent listen who won the mental i'm challenge? standing up for you steve okay. i am saying i'm saying you're a real pick when you go i'm saying when horse <laughs> okay, racing okay, right? i get the, where you're going with this. the favorite you maybe stay away from the favorite because the uh the odds are not you're trying up. to win favor over my 15 percent to gang up on you're not getting my 15 percent. my point is your real bet the second person who gets the second most you know money is actually a real bet the person with the third most like that is the absolute crazy long shot where you put you know most of your money on the 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 black and the red or the evens and the odds and then you're like oh i'll take a dollar or two and i'll just put it on my random number that's that's mike it it, it was just a few months ago that I placed a bet on a long shot at the Masters and won a fifty to one thousand dollar win on Hideki Matsuyama. So go ahead, go ahead and talk down. You know, not taking the underdog, not taking the the big odds. That's fine because there's going to be some people. Ten percent of people making some money this weekend. Mike just compared himself to a Masters champion. Well, this is the Masters, you dummy. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, boy. Anyways, well, I think the second time around was better than the first. So, If you say so. I don't know. Did I miss anything? No, but I got a recent message. I don't think we're doing a bell lap this time around, but I need to just throw out uh, to uh, listener Rob here who says, you guys should try this for the challenge. Uh... Every four miles is accompanied by two Miller Lights. Rob, this challenge is going to be hard enough. We've talked about all the disadvantages that we have and how problematic this is going to be. I am not adding two Miller Lights in between each of my legs here. I'll have two Miller Lights for each leg on Sunday, and we'll get it all you know, accounted for on Sunday, but we are not drinking two Miller Lights. So I want better ideas out of the two crew. I actually think I, uh, I suggested... Not two Miller yes, Lights, but, like, but I think I suggested like you have to mix in six Miller Lights throughout the 48 hours, which I still think is a good idea, but I understand why we, why we shot that down. Yeah, that would have that done me in. But <laughs> Anyways, oh, one last thing. Singlets dropped, and ah, they are awesome friggin' singlets. 
awesome. They turned out so good. So we got a nice little pop on the drop date this morning. Uh, you know, the, the drop time this morning. So thank you to everybody that bought one. Um, you're supporting this podcast. You're keeping it going. You know, it gives us a little bit of money just to kind of keep investing in and then keep this train rolling. Um, we actually did not sell out of, completely sell out of any single size. I think we're down to like three in like the mediums and, and pretty low in the small and the largest too. But um, we did not completely sell out of any one single size. So when this drops on, I mean, we're recording this on Thursday. So when this drops on Saturday, it might be different. But the, your, your size is probably still out there. So if you want to support us, you want to keep this podcast going, um, consider buying a singlet. They turned out awesome. They're unbelievable. The material's awesome. The color's awesome. The logo looks great. It's, it, it's, I packed like a gazillion things for running. It's already the best thing I packed this weekend. Yeah, I'm trying to think. We talked a little bit about our outfits on uh, last week's pod. How many times we can get away with wearing the singlet? Like, if I wear it at night, it won't get as sweaty. So then I can wear the singlet more times. If I save it for a noon or a four o'clock in the afternoon, that might be more of an issue. But, uh, yeah, definitely excited to be rocking that thing to the streets of Berlin. People are going to see us in these singlets, you know, 12 times in the next two days running the same moves like these crazy people in that challenge. So I'm pretty excited for that. All right, all right. Hold on, Mike. Before we hit the Josie, we're going to check in a couple times, tack, in a, tack on a couple of these, you know, mid-race, mid-fastest check-ins onto Saturday's special episode. So we'll, we'll tack a couple of these on, and then the rest we'll put into next week's uh show that will drop on wednesday but we had just finished up our second leg it's just before 5 a.m here in burlington vermont uh some interesting things have interesting things have happened so far um i think we're all a little bit more beat up after two legs than we originally thought um but yeah i mean we we planned out a two mile loop from the house um and so it's just around downtown burlington vermont we figured we'll do that you know at the at the midnight loop and the four o'clock loop just to you know because it's well lit it's easy to do at night and it's just it's just easier to keep track of at night so we did that um i'll just start off by saying the loops uh definitely more difficult than i had planned the first mile is like directly uphill the good news is the second mile is is downhill and it's really fast but man that hill is a killer i don't even know if the downhill is good news I think yeah. it it's going to come back and beat up our legs at some point, and I think it has a lot to do with what's happened in the uh, the first two legs. All right, care to explain? It's just a natural way of like working your race out there is around the hills. So first leg, I took you. To, uh, we all went together that first loop. I think we were all pretty steady. You know, pretty just chill pace, uh, having conversations, having smoking, conversation. joking. Kind of how I pictured the first six legs. Yeah, six <laughs> legs to go. Well, it wouldn't be a P2E challenge without making it a little spicy. So I thought, uh, let's go for it. So coming right into that second loop, it's a short downhill right into the up. I was just rolled on that downhill. Um, wanted to push the pace and see how the boys responded. And uh, the guys responded. Everybody was kind of right there. So everybody worked a lot harder than they thought they were going to, I think. But... It was so close. Trent, you're such an asshole. Asshole. You're such an asshole because this is brutal. Like we, we're waking up at we're waking up at three thirty and I'm like in so much pain getting out of bed, you know, having to get out the door, go run. There was 
not a single second of easing into this. We did not get one leg of easing into this before we had to start fucking just grinding. Oh my god, dude! I I don't know how to be able to maintain this. That was that was the reaction I got back. I think Steve called me an asshole and and Mike called me a dick or a douchebag or something like that. But you guys have to come with me, you know. I mean, I made a decision <laughs> to off. go, and I mean, I had no intention of going with you. I literally let you go for like a mile because it's like i told myself that this is a bad idea i knew that this might happen and i wasn't gonna let myself do it it's just when you're in the heat of the moment and you're out there and you're like counting the seconds and you're thinking to yourself like i mean i can't i can't let this go away in the very first leg i can't like have a 30 second gap in the first leg so i had to pull back a little bit and, and close that gap but it definitely has set the tone for the rest of the, the thing but Something's got to give, right? Because we just finished our second leg, and the first leg was more dramatic, but the second leg was just as fast. Well, that's thanks to you, Michael. Yeah, I give you credit was, for that one. So my thought process on that was, I even said in the confessional, I did not have any intention of like doing anything crazy like that. I wanted to try and bring us back to a more realistic pace. And in doing that, I wanted to not have us go out in eight minutes because i felt like that is recipe for disaster right we're going out in like eight minute pace you're really just setting somebody up to throw down the hammer uh so my thought was i want to keep this honest and i want to keep this right around seven minute pace and then somewhere around lap two i felt like i had an opportunity to put a little damage in so i did and yeah so you you're in 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 no position to get mad at trent for that first one because like you said, this last one was maybe just a little bit slower, but it was it was pretty. Yeah, it was less dramatic. It wasn't like the. In terms, we dropped from literally like which 815. is arguably worse. We dropped from eight fifteen to like six fifteen. Anyways, anyways, I mean, I purposely that whole first lap, I I ran four to five steps behind you guys just to like do everything I could to slow this pace down. But you you know. You kept a strong pace, and I knew going into that hill, like we, we did that hill strong the second time around, and I was going to let you guys go, but I didn't want to let you get too far, and I still did. I think I ran I think I ran a sub-six mile on that last last mile, and I didn't think I was going to do that once. Now I've done that in back-to-back <laughs> legs, so you guys are assholes. It's hard when you're coming home on that downhill, because when you've it's already... It's not did, that hard. No, but it's uh, because you've already, like put in the work so you're like well we've pushed the pace so i gotta make sure i like squeeze some seconds out of this so you finish strong and it's just you're coming off that steep uphill right into this just lightning fast downhill so it gets away from you quick but like you may have put a few seconds on me but you you worked hard for not that much gain like it probably would have stayed about the same if you had kept the same pace the only reason i picked it up is because you guys were, were picking it up like, it probably would have stayed the same if you just cruised in that last mile. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> All right. All right. Well, I got to I gotta try to get, like, a little bit of sleep so we can get ready for this next one. This is brutal. I can't believe we have another 40 hours of this. Just let that sink in next time. Nah. Mm-hmm. Next time Next time you want to drop a six-minute mile, just think about that. We have another 40 hours of this. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I'm trying to do the mic mind games. Just like, all right, two for twelve, you know, two for twelve, two for twelve, almost We're there. One sixth of the way through. I gotta figure out what to eat too. I don't know what yeah. to do with the the, the eating. The eating I don't know if I should stuff. eat before, if you eat after. There's so many disaster. There's the, the shower situation. There's the eating situation. Shower situation is figured out. There's like every time. The other um, 
it's like stretching and rolling out it's like is it worth it how much time do i want to spend stretching and rolling out versus how much time do i want to get sleep it's like you have to find the the balance the fact that your question never mind i'm not even gonna say anything that's a wrap for the for the for leg two all right boys i would run faster but i peaked too early mike hit me with the joke Josie's on